Future Talk. This is Future Talk with Omnial Saleh and Hany Balkis. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Future Talk right here on Pulse 95. It is me, Hannibal Qaisi, with Omnia Sada, bringing you everything you need to know about what's happening in the tech world, in the UAE, and all around the world. Today, ladies and gentlemen, we're talking all about how right here in the UAE, there has been 3.5 million phishing attacks that have been detected in just the second quarter of this year. And ladies and gentlemen, we're going to be teaching you guys how to stay safe from these phishing attacks so your information is not out on the World Wide Web. Yes, indeed. And speaking of cyber attacks, we're talking about some catastrophic news when it comes to Twitter because this weekend they've actually confirmed a data breach that exposed the data of 5.4 million anonymous users. This is... It's such a big attack, to be quite honest, and specifically when it comes to talking about a big social media platform such as Twitter. So how did this attack take place? What are they doing to help kind of minimize the damages? We're going to be giving you all those details in just a bit. Yes, and we're also talking about how YouTube is now testing a new pinch-to-zoom feature that will be happening with the premium members. And uh, the pinch-to-zoom, uh, I don't know how you know viable it will be, but uh, I'm a premium member for YouTube anyway, so we'll see what happens. Yes, indeed. Coming up on today's show as well, in the world of weird tech, Meta is making headlines because they're planning to launch their latest AI chatbot on the web for all of us to be able to talk to it. Now, this is a two-way we can say a two-way road because Meta is going to be benefiting from our feedback and we'll be benefiting from getting a glimpse into what the future with AI is going to look like. Yes, and ladies and gentlemen, gadget season is here. We're talking all about new folding phones, watches, and new earbuds are now coming to your phones. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a lot going on, on the show today. You don't want to miss out. Keep it locked right here on Pulse95, taking a short break. But when we come back, we're teaching you guys how to stay safe on the web. Daily Digital News. Bits and bytes connect our world. Cyber attacks have always been, a, we can say, an imminent danger for quite some time. But ever since the COVID-19 pandemic began, it has actually become an increasing danger, one that has kind of gone out of hand in a way due to our presence online at a much faster pace. And right here in the UAE, there was a new study that was released that actually showcased that there, showcased that there is actually 3.4 million phishing attacks that were detected in the second quarter of this year. And so these attacks are are different. Some of them actually relate to data loss threats, others consist of scams, while others are actually all about social engineering. And they have increased at about 230%, which is a big number, especially when you take into account how our entire lives have become digitized, whether it is governmental services, companies that exist online, or just even schools that have gone completely online. So today we're going to be talking all about why have they increased and also what can we do to prevent them? Yes, and we are looking at how, you know, this is all just happening in quarter two right here in the UAE. And 3.4 million phishing attacks is a very big number. Now, the highest targeted country in the region was Saudi Arabia with 5.8 million phishing attacks at a growth of 168%. And we are looking at, you know, a higher risk during vacations and in particular when uh, vacation season is high. Scammers are trying to lure travelers who are looking for interesting places to go, cheap places to stay, and reasonably priced flights. And that is the number one reason why, you know, these phishing emails do get mass sent during these times. Now, cybersecurity researchers have observed intensified scamming activities 
with these numerous phishing pages distributed under the guise of airline and booking services. And I've seen some people post on Instagram, you know, how they got scammed right here in the UAE. Mm -hmm. And, you know, uh, it did look like a, uh, you know, a, a believable scam because when you saw the people or the person that was scamming you, uh, the person had a UAE WhatsApp number, a UAE Instagram page, and everything, you know, looked at, it looked legit, mm -hmm. right? But uh, in actuality, this man was in Armenia, and, uh, you know, he was taking thousands and thousands of dirhams of people who wanted to save money but in the end paid double, if not triple, uh, you know, to continue their trip. And some people even got to the airport where they said your tickets are fake. Absolutely. And the issue is they are very good at luring people, whether it is cheaper airline tickets, whether it is just the ability to stay at a cheaper place, cheaper Airbnb, cheaper hotel. So these are some of the different ways that they were able to lure different residents right here in the UAE. Now, cybersecurity researchers have definitely been observing how those scamming activities take place and actually kind of marking the phishing pages that were distributed under the guise of airline and booking services. And the number of attempts to open phishing pages related to booking and airline services just in the first half of this year was about 4,311 incidents only in the MENA region. And so although we all know that, you know, going on a trip whether it is from booking an airline ticket to staying at somewhere can be expensive we do need to keep in mind that when we're searching for a great deal the price could be our very own privacy and our very own computers and devices so please make sure that you kind of keep an eye out on the different methods and tactics of social engineering a lot of experts actually tend to call social engineering as human hacking scams because they don't really hack into your devices first they hack into your brain before they do anything and so they use their different tactics to lure you make sure that you are attracted enough to that deal that they're trying to offer you so that you can go ahead and give in your login details your credit card details uh, your account passwords without even noticing it. Now, in the wrong hands, all this information could potentially open doors to different malicious operations like money being stolen or even corporate networks being compromised. So the main question is, how do we keep ourselves protected? Yes, and again, we do have to carefully look at the address bar before entering any sensitive information such as your login details and password. And if something is wrong with the website link or better known as the URL, uh, again, don't enter anything on that site, and if in doubt, always check the certificate of the site by clicking on the lock icon to the left of the URL. And what I do, when I see something suspicious, I'll go to the website itself. And again, uh, don't click on links that come from unknown sources, whether it's emails, messaging apps, or even social networks. And again, ladies and gentlemen, 4215, let us know if you've ever seen something like this happen to you. Uh, just last week, I got a weird email that, for mm -hmm. a second... Uh, baffled me for a split <laughs> second, but you know, I caught on real quick. I just woke up and I was checking it. Well, 4215, ladies and gentlemen, we are taking a short break, but when we come back, we're talking all about how, tw how Twitter has confirmed a data breach that exposed data of 5.4 million anonymous users. Daily Digital News Bits and Bytes Connect Our World. Ladies and gentlemen, we're talking all about Twitter, but this time it does not involve the billionaire Elon Musk. Now, Twitter has confirmed a data breach that has exposed data of 5.4 million anonymous users. Now, Twitter did not say whether the information was being sold on the dark web or not, but highly likely it is. But Twitter has confirmed that data breach that did expose the information 
of these millions of users last, last month did, a, did cite a vulnerability in its software. Now, this is really bad for Twitter right now because Twitter is going to take Elon Musk to court regarding some things when it does come to bots and anonymous users and mm -hmm. in general what the application is doing for its customers but we're all looking at how the breach was flagged by an advocacy group called restore privacy last month and it did allow someone to enter a phone number or email address into the login flow in the attempt to learn if that information was tied to an existing twitter account and if so which specific account exactly so again, we did look at that data breach and a lot of people are saying that maybe Twitter did take responsibility uh, for the unfortunate issue and it has. And it did say there was no specific action users ne needed to take and it was something that they had to do and fix internally. Yes, indeed. Now, Twitter also acknowledged that it learned of the breach through a press report that someone had actually potentially leveraged this and was offering to sell the information that they had compiled, which is catastrophic when we're talking about such a widely used social media platform. However, Twitter did not cite the restore privacy nor confirm that the data was being sold. So what they've done is basically review a sample of the available data for sale and they were able to confirm that a bad actor had taken advantage of the issue before it was even addressed. Now, one thing that kind of brought comfort to a lot of users is the fact that no passwords were exposed. Twitter also added that they have been encouraging different users to enable security protocols, which do include what is known as a two-factor authentication, where not only do you have a password, but you also link your Twitter account to any of your biometrics. So that could be your face ID, that could be your touch ID, or any other uh, form of security. It could even be an OTP that is sent to your cell phone number. So this breach is actually the latest issue to hit the company, and I don't believe it's going to be very good when it comes to supporting their law suit to force Elon Musk to go ahead and finish up the $44 billion deal. He's already been finding different ways to get out of the deal. The latest of them all has been uh, him not believing that the way Twitter is actually looking up how many of the accounts are made out of bots or spam is actually accurate. So we have yet to see how this is going to impact the full story, but it's definitely very sad to hear of such a big security breach happening to Twitter. Yes, and again, we are looking at even, you know, the biggest companies are not safe when it does come to breaches and when it does come to information being sold on the dark web. So we always have to remember, ladies and gentlemen, uh, you know, when you put these websites or you go into these websites and if they're not so important to you, don't use the same reoccurring password that you use for your bank accounts, for example, for your Gmail accounts. And always remember a two-factor authentication and, uh, you know, when we're looking at different sides of things, this is horrible PR for Elon Musk or sorry, for Twitter when mm -hmm. it does come to the battle with Elon Musk regarding, you know, the sale of Twitter. So, you know, this will be taken into account in the court proceeding files. And I'm sure that Elon Musk's lawyers will bring this <laughs> to attention. Ladies and gentlemen, 4215, we are taking a short break. But when we come back, it's been a while, but we're going to be talking about YouTube and how they are testing a new pinch to zoom feature with their premium members. Pulse 95. Apps all around. What's worth a click and download? Pulse 95. We haven't talked about this application in quite some time, so it is our good old friend YouTube. Now, a lot of people tend to consume content on this platform quite often. Some people even more than any other, you know, video platform. Even some people more than Netflix. So. It's quite exciting to get to talk about a new feature that they are planning to launch. But before we get to talking about YouTube, 
I have great news to announce to you, honey. Give it to me. Instagram have officially reintroduced the normal feed for all of their users. Now, I was extremely happy this weekend because I finally got it back. And it's great to hear back about it because a lot of people have been disappointed by the fact that we are getting, you know, a TikTok style feed. And so... Congratulations to anyone who's gotten it. Hani cannot relate because he never actually witnessed no, the change. It didn't even affect me. I didn't even uh, notice what was going on. Exactly. But for those of you who did notice, if you haven't gotten the update yet, it will be coming to your phones and to your applications very soon. It's been happening gradually, but I just thought I'd let you know so that you can get excited in advance. Back to YouTube. We're talking all about them testing out a new pinch to zoom feature with premium members now according to youtube it's going to be remaining in testing until the fourth until the first of september mm -hmm. however it is going to be a very exciting feature one that is been called for by a lot of users actually yes and we're all looking at you know according to the tech platform we're all looking at the latest opt-in experimental feature that will enable a pinch to zoom gesture for all youtube videos now that gesture does work both in the portrait and even landscape mode now, we are looking at how the Zoom feature will remain testing until my birthday. And, you know, <laughs> we are looking at them giving about a month to gather users' feedback and even refine things before potentially rolling out to a wider audience. So, again, if you're a premium member like me, you can find the new feature in the YouTube app on Android. But, obviously, it's on Android first, not on uh, iOS, as, you know, <laughs> Google does own YouTube and Google does own Android. So, all you have to do is just tap on your profile photo and then hit your premium benefits. And then from there, you can find the new Try New Features page and turn on YouTube's Pinch to Zoom. Yes. Now, yeah. yeah. And again, I'm looking at how, uh, you know, maybe zooming in on YouTube videos would be very, you know, valuable for a lot of people. Maybe not for me. But again, for a lot of people, this would be something that they have waited long for. Absolutely. Now, there are already ways to actually zoom in on YouTube's content. They have introduced a lot of accessibility functions on both Android and iOS. And it's actually very easy to do if you are logging or watching YouTube on your desktop browser. However, this feature is coming to the mobile app as well. And it's going to be a lot more convenient, especially if you are someone who tends to use YouTube heavily. We'd love to hear your thoughts. 4215, let us know how often are you on the platform what do you think of this new feature? Uh, share with us your thoughts. Join the conversation. We'll be taking a very short break. But when we come back, we're going to be diving more deeply into what Meta is doing to help introduce us to the new world of the metaverse. Check this out. Check this out. Lately, we've been hearing a lot about AI chatbots, some that have been sentinel and went wrong against, <laughs> you know, their creator you can say but now meta is putting its latest ai chatbot to the test on the web for the public to talk to now meta's ai research labs have created a new state-of-the-art chatbot that are letting people of the public talk to the system in order to collect feedback on its capabilities now the bot is called blender bot 3 and can be accessed on the web although right now it does seem you know only for residents in the u.s can do so but Blender Bot 3 is able to engage in general chit-chat, but also does answer the sort of queries you might ask a digital assistant. And it goes from talking about healthy food recipes to finding child-friendly amenities in the city. Yes, indeed. Now, if you actually go ahead and check up, 
check out the website. It's actually blenderbot.ai. You will find them stating that it's only available for people in the U.S. However, it's going to be coming to all countries very, very soon. So it's good to know about it so that once it's available, you can go ahead and check it out. Now, this bot is actually a prototype that was built fully on Meta's previous work with what are known as large language models. Mm -hmm. So what is what that is, is actually a very powerful but flawed text generation software of which the open AI is actually the most widely known example. So BlenderBot is initially is initially trained on a vast amount of data sets. So it is actually very capable of speaking multiple languages and being able to communicate with users from around the world. Such systems have actually proved to be extremely flexible and at the same time they have been put to a range of uses. So they could be used to generate code for programmers, they could help authors write their next bestsellers, they could even help you find the nearest locations that you might need to look for. So these models also have great capabilities but they can also have a lot of flaws. So that could be their biases when it comes to their training data. They often sometimes even invent answers to users' questions, especially if they are questions that they don't know the answer for. So that is an issue that Meta is currently working on, and that is exactly why they need us as users to test their Blender bot for them to see what works and what doesn't. And that is going to be a big feature that the chatbot will have to work on for it to be a part of the metaverse. Yes, and you know, let's take a quick history check. Now, historically, it's been always a risky move for tech companies to release prototype AI chatbots to the public. Now, back in 2016, Microsoft did release a chatbot named Tay on Twitter that learned from its interactions with the public and, you know, somewhat actually predictably Twitter users soon coached Tay into regulating uh, or regurgitating, you know, a range of racist and, you know, a lot of bad things have been said in statements. And response, Microsoft pulled the bot offline less than 24 hours later because, ladies and gentlemen, these bots, uh, you know, they have been using AI and machine learning and they learn from what is fed to them. And sometimes it's a recipe for disaster. Ladies and gentlemen, 4215, let us know your guys' thoughts. We are taking a short break, but when we come back, we're talking all about gadget season and how new folding phones, watches, and earbuds are coming soon to you. Gadget of the day. New tech you might want to play with. If you've got some cash on hand and you are thinking of buying a brand new gadget, we are very excited to tell you all about the gadget season that is finally approaching us. We're talking all about new folding phones, new watches and new earbuds coming to us very soon. Now, September and actually the end of August or even August as a whole are considered very hot gadget months because Samsung tends to kick off their seasons of product launches this month and then Apple is gearing up to launch four new iPhones in the beginning of September. And so if you are planning to buy a new gadget, don't buy it just yet. Stay tuned because there's going to be a lot coming your way. Yes, and we do know as we approach the end of the year, a lot of companies like Apple, Google and Amazon and even Samsung, they do tee up for a busy fall filled with lots of new gadget launches. Now, just like clockwork, big tech companies do launch the latest products. And we're talking about phones, watches, or even robots, and even flying security drones. And it does begin in August all the way up to November. And obviously to gear up for the holiday shopping rush, as in December in America, obviously New Year's and Christmas Eve, a lot of people like to go out on shopping. Now, Samsung does kick it off next week on August 10th when it will announce a new folding phone. 
giving it a chance to attract new consumers before Apple does hold its iPhone event in September, which is just a month away. Now, the new Apple products at the fall event have had a direct impact on, you know, Samsung's balance sheet. And the holiday quarter is typically Apple's biggest. Now, it is reported, you know, the revenue of last year for the three months did end December 25th. And for example, we are looking at how Apple has been dominating the end of the year holiday season when it does come to buying and gifting gadgets. Yes, indeed. Now, meanwhile, Google has actually promised to launch its next phone with a brand new chip. And we are looking at the first Apple Watch competitor from Google taking place and happening this fall. We can't forget about Amazon either because they typically announce their new Echoes, Fire TV products, and sometimes they toss in a few surprises for their favorite consumers. So just like last year's Astrobot, we may be looking at a new robot that they are planning to launch. Now, there's a lot to discuss, but we'll give you a little bit of what you can expect from every brand. For Samsung, they're going to be debuting their next generation foldable smartphones. A lot of teasers have confirmed that that will be including the Galaxy Z Fold 4 as well as the Galaxy Z Flip 4. And a lot of consumers and customers have already been reserving their money to go ahead and get one of these new smartphones, even though all the details about them have not been even announced yet. Apple, on the other hand, we're expecting four new iPhone 14 models this year, according to all different reports uh, from different outlets. We can also expect some new features for their upcoming uh, Apple Watches, and rumor has it they're going to be introducing a much bigger screen. We're looking at three new Apple Watch variations, as well as maybe a mixed reality headset, marking the company's very first major product launch since it unveiled the Apple Watch back in 2015. Yes, and again, we are looking at the season where a lot of people like to buy, you know, new gadgets, and I am one of them personally. Now, when it does come to Amazon, Amazon does historically hold its hardware events sometimes in the fall when it will announce a slew of gadgets. And that does range from the new Echo earbuds and, you know, glasses to, with uh, built-in Alexa and even more. Now, the fourth generation Echo speaker that was launched back in 2020. So that is due for an update unless Amazon does continue to experiment with the new form factors. And when it comes to Facebook, we are looking at, you know, or better known as Meta, we're looking at a new virtual reality headset on deck. And Bloomberg even said in July that Meta is gearing up to announce the Meta Quest Pro virtual reality set later this year. And it will reportedly cost more than $1,000 and will have a better screen, improved cameras, and even support for improved graphics. So we're looking at a end of the year filled with gadgets and much more. Ladies and gentlemen, 4215, let us know your guys' thoughts, but this does mark the end of Future Talk for today. Hope you guys had a great start to your week, but we will be seeing you guys tomorrow. Same time, same place, only here on Pulse. 95.